Bears Hour live with Lauren Cox and the draft doc, Philitosian. Hello and welcome to Bears Hour Live. It is a, a su- Sunday afternoon, Super Bowl Sunday, and you're here with Philitosian and Lauren Cox. Talking about the future of the quarterback position on the Chicago Bears, that's going to be the focus of today's show. Obviously, it's the most important thing this entire offseason that the Bears have to focus on. Uh, all signs are pointing to Jay Cutler being out the door, and there's a lot of different options the Bears can look at as far as replacing the man under center. There's some free agent options. There's a couple trade names that keep getting floating around, and then, of course, there's the NFL draft. But I, I think the one we need to focus on to start, and you know, hopefully we'll get to some other ones, is the the man who is going to be on the TV this evening in, during the Super Bowl, just not on the field. That's Patriots quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, who went to Eastern Illinois. He's a local Chicago kid. Went to the same school as Bears general manager Ryan Pace. They evidently started building a connection back at training camp when the Bears and Patriots were having joint practices. And now, you know, he he played a game and a half this year as a starting NFL quarterback. He uh, looked pretty impressive against the Miami Dolphins in Week 2 in particular. But he's only played about 150 meaningful NFL snaps, and he was in his third year in the NFL. So you don't really know what you have in this quarterback, and I think that's what's what's most interesting about him. So, Phil, I guess to start, what, what do you think about Jimmy Grappolo on the whole? I mean, when you're trading for a guy like this, do you kind of feel like basically at this point you're trading for what you saw on tape at Eastern Illinois and, and there's not really much stock you can put into those one-and-a-half games? Or or did he show you something against the Cardinals and the, and the Dolphins this year that, that give you a little bit more confidence in a guy like this? Well, I think the fact that Patriot stigma is going to be attached to this football player is kind of unfair when you talk about, well, what other Patriot quarterback has gone on and, and done anything? And it's funny, but at the same time, I think it goes back to like the Penn State running back and the Alabama quarterback. You know, you can't put everybody under an umbrella and say, well, they're only successful because of this system or that system. When you look at the guy, just like you said, I think you go back to the college tapes of where you would have had him. Obviously, Ryan Pace was with the New Orleans Saints at the time, and how he might have felt about that football player is going to weigh heavy in the decision-making process if they're step-for-step with Dow Loggins and the coaching staff. I mean, let's be honest, Lauren. This is the year of the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Um, Coach John Fox is on the hot seat. There's no other way around it. In my opinion, he should have been terminated. A a new coach should have been brought in with a direction with a young quarterback in the draft attached to him. Or if it was, you know, a coach that wanted Garoppolo or one of these other quarterbacks, then that would have been the way the general manager would have attacked the offseason. So right now, all the speculation in the world with this administration kind of comes with this one year attachment to it. That's why it's if you were just looking at it as a one and done year, if they don't win, then you're looking at a Garoppolo to try to bridge that gap or the Cutler coming back, all those kind of conversations go in. But in addressing Garoppolo in above itself, I think the quarterback 
is a talented football player. There's no substitution for someone who's being um, taught and schooled by the best coach in the National Football League and Bill Belichick, as well as the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. I think those things can only help the selling point of this football player to the Bears and ultimately his performance of being in the fo- in the National Football League already and playing well, like you said, for a game and a half. But it comes with concern because of the injury as well as limited amount of time there as well of this football players, you know, past quarterbacks that have been backups, Lauren. You know, the Matt Flynn's of the world, the Scott Mitchell's, um, Matt Schaub's. They've gone on to other teams or been traded, and the return on the investment hasn't been great. So if I'm the Chicago Bears, my goal is to find the guy in the draft. But for this exercise, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, there's a lot of things to like about the football player. Yeah, you know, I I think you make a good point that it's a mistake to simply write him off because he's a Patriots backup or because he, you know, because, he, well, the Patriots right. want to get rid of him, so they mu- there must be something wrong with him because I, I really don't think that's giving him enough credit. I think you do have to look at all of these quarterbacks, especially in the Patriots' history, as, as individuals because, I mean, this is not this is not Matt Castle and this is not Ryan Mallett either. I think, you know, you go and watch Jimmy Garoppolo, there's certainly some things you don't like about him. And, I mean, I, I was watching his, uh, his two games this season and, it's remarkable to me that his footwork still isn't quite at a level that you'd like it to be, especially for a guy in his third year in the NFL. I mean, that's definitely concerning for me. And I think when you see him make some mistakes in those games, a lot of it's just from a lack of experience. So there's definitely, you know, I think it's a misconception that he is a bona fide starter, that you trade for him and he's locked in as your starter day one. I mean, not that he's not capable of it, but it's not like this guy is a polished NFL quarterback by any means. But at the same time, He's got a pretty impressive arm, and he really, really works the pocket well. And he's a guy that avoids pressure kind of like Jay Cutler does. He keeps his eyes downfield, moves outside the pocket, and he can he can make those all-arm throws. And sometimes he kind of does it on an accident where he could set his feet and he could step in a throw, but he doesn't, and he'll just arm it and kind of do his weird flick thing, and it'll be accurate. But sometimes you'll see that cause some of the inaccuracies in his game too. So I think there's some, some hit and miss there, and it's clear that he still is in need of growth. And I, I don't know if that's – I mean, it's understandable because he hasn't played in games, and I think a lot of what he needs is game experience. But at the same time, I almost wanted him to come out a little bit more polished in that game and a half. And obviously, I'm trying not to put too much stock, too much stock in a game and a half of NFL football. But at the same time, that was really our glance of him within the New England Patriots offense. And, and I think he kind of showed that he can be more than just a system quarterback. It wasn't just all check downs and rub routes. I mean, he he made some impressive throws in those games, but he also was inaccurate on some easy throws. And I think he kind of comes in at that same level to me as a rookie quarterback. I mean, that's a it's, a it's about the same of what you're trading for. So at that point, to me, it becomes what you're investing in him. You know, is it depending on what the Patriots are asking for, is it worth a first-round pick for mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo, or would you rather put that first-round pick into Sean Watson? Or if you can get him for a second-round pick, you know, would you rather spend that second-round pick on Garoppolo, or do you think you can get Deshaun Kaiser in the second round or Patrick Mahomes? I mean, I, I think the debate should not be, is Jimmy Garoppolo a good enough quarterback? The debate should be, how much is he worth to my team? And, you know, we talk about this a lot, especially you and I and your boss over there at Bears Wire, Brian Perez, as well as guys I work with, colleagues, 
Jose Cotto and Shane Marceau at Bears Barroom. And it it's all throughout, guys, that really do the tape study. We only get half of it. You know, sitting down with the man and assessing the person that's going to be the face of your franchise and be the impetus of you getting to that that goal that is today, Lauren, the Super Bowl. It's a Super Bowl Sunday. The Chicago Bears have lived off 1985. The perspective on that and the quarterback and the coaches and the offensive coordinators that have come through, how much is it the measure of the man? You know, we have heard time and time again about Jay Cutler's ills and, and, and he's a different kind of cat. And ultimately, I think that chapter is going to be over. I think people are done with that. But ultimately, it's a waste that we saw in the amount of coaching, coaches and time spent here. So when you're looking at the next guy, the check marks that you want to see is what you were talking about. Ryan Pace being able to be down on the football field or some meeting and, and know that this guy is the guy you want to roll with and make him the distinct part of your franchise. And you know, and you know how I feel. I mean, if it was a first round pick for a first round pick, I'm all in on uh, Watson. I just think that's the way I would go with a young quarterback going into Chicago and being the new face and the new excitement of this franchise. However, if you're talking about business and you're looking at picks and a lot of people take priority on, oh, we can't give up this, we can't give up that, and ultimately it's not up to me. So if he's your guy and that's what it takes to get him, then ultimately you're going to go and get the guy that you need at the, the most important position in all of sports. It's the hardest position and it's the most important and there's no coincidence, Lauren, that we're seeing today the MVP of the National Football League, Matt Ryan, and the greatest quarterback that I've ever seen in Tom Brady. And the only reason I look at these rosters, the Falcons and Patriots, and say, you know, the overriding talent is on the Atlanta Falcons. But that guy, number 12 on the other team, is going to give you an opportunity not only to win, but they could knock you out real quick. So that kind of every game, the Green Bay Packers, for example, are going to be in it because of their quarterback behind center. The Bears have not had that. They've not had the right coaching, and we can argue that all day, but ultimately it's time to get the face of your franchise. And you look at Jimmy Garoppolo and – you like some of the things, but the sample size is so small that the risk is all in the general manager. This is an offseason where Ryan Pace has the keys to the, the Bentley, Lauren, and he really has to find. I mean, he said it himself. This is it. This is what we're doing. Now, if they go out there and, and, and lay an egg, they don't do anything in regards to the quarterback and they get shut out in the draft then ultimately where are you going? So, you know, they're going to be aggressive and, and you talk about the free agents that are out there 
as well as this trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, you you're gonna have you're going to have to see what Ryan Pace and their plan is going to be unveiled come the beginning of free agency. I have a feeling with the Jimmy Garoppolo trade that it's not. I mean, there's kind of this expectation. I think the media is building this up a little bit that. Like the the new year league, the new league year is going to start, and then the Patriots are going to trade Garoppolo, and that's going to be the big domino. But it feels to <laughs> me like this is going to be a draft day trade, or you know, the the couple days leading up to the draft that you know they're going to kind of see what happens with Kirk Cousins. You know, if if Washington franchise tags him, then that makes Garoppolo's value go up because there's one less quarterback on the market. Or if Kirk Cousins leaves, there's one more team that could could be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. And same kind of thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Jets. If anybody's trying to see him as an NFL starting quarterback, but certainly I think everyone's going to be looking for an upgrade there. And you can even look at the Bears with Brian Hoyer. He's a free agent this year. I mean, you could theoretically see the Bears re-sign him and kind of try and use that as leverage over the Patriots that, oh, well, we don't need Jimmy Garoppolo. We're not desperate for a quarterback, so you know we're not going to you know in- invest uh, multiple draft picks or anything in there. But at the same time, you know, you're going to have a team like the Cleveland Browns interested. You're going to have a team maybe like Arizona or San Francisco, I think, was the latest rumor that that Kyle Shanahan might be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, you're going to have teams potentially bidding for this quarterback, and I think the Patriots will kind of wait for free agency to play out and then kind of see who has the need and who has the draft picks and ultimately allow the highest bidder to come get their quarterback. And I don't think that's something the Bears want to be involved in. I mean, maybe maybe it's something I don't want them to be involved in, but that doesn't mean they don't want to. I mean... Cleveland especially, they're sitting there with two first-round picks, number one overall and number 12 overall. I think you can easily see New England trying to leverage that for that 12th overall pick. And if if they're, if Cleveland is willing to put that up, I don't think the Bears have anything they right. can give up except for number three overall in the draft. And I I don't I don't know. And then it again comes down to do I view Garoppolo over a guy like Deshaun Watson or even Mitch Trubinsky or, or even Patrick Mahomes, any of those guys that you would take at three? And I, I don't. I mean, did, Phil, in your mind— with with Trubinsky, Watson, Mahomes, Kaiser, and Jimmy Garoppolo, where where does Garoppolo fit among among the four quarterbacks in the NFL draft that that, that are at the top of the class? It's <laughs> a great question. You look at the kid coming out; he was a second round pick, Garoppolo. So you look at the talent he has, and now he's aged in the NFL under arguably the best coaching in the NFL. So what better way, you know, these guys hire these quarterback gurus to, to get them ready. I know I heard a great interview with Watson. He, he hired Jordan. Uh, what's his name? Former bears quarterback, Jordan Palmer to be his uh, QB guru to get him ready. Would you rather have him or, or would you have Josh McDaniels? Getting your quarterback ready and prepared for the NFL. <laughs> so that's what I'm trying to say to you. That kind of value goes into those rooms and says, well, wait a second. This kid is really unique in the fact that he's been in the league. He's able to get in a pro huddle and articulate not only the play calls, but the cadence, take a snap from center. The advantage because of the aging process, like a fine wine in the NFL, that kind of advantage for these young quarterbacks has got to go to Garoppolo. And I hate to admit that, but ultimately that's how I believe NFL front offices are going to look at this situation. For me, I just, I think so highly of Deshaun Watson. Watson. I just, 
look at the two years of his play and just being the focal head of the national championship run. And ultimately, every quarterback is going to have peaks and valleys. And to hold that against him, and, and you did an excellent job for Bears Wire. I retweeted it, breaking down every interception. I believe seven of them were like tipped balls off right off receivers' hands, and, and people throw numbers at you when they are assessing these quarterbacks. And ultimately, when you look at the tape and you really see the kind of situational football that's being played there, nobody rose to the occasion. And if you're looking at a young man that's a winner and a leader and becoming the face of your franchise, a guy that gets up time after time getting shots. I mean, some of the hits that he took from uh, Anthony, Anderson and Williams alone in that Alabama game and to him to get up and continue to play like he did. I don't know how these this draft Twitter GMs and all these people can't kind of come to the understanding that this guy set himself apart. But, you know, that's how this is, I guess. But I, I'm looking at the tape. I'm trying to find flaws that are in anybody's game, and and he, he, none of his flaws stand out to me, Lauren. I don't. I'm not worried if I'm at number three taking Deshaun Watson. That's how highly I feel about the guy, and I feel like that's the move that he's gonna make. By the time this is all said and done, as I tweeted out, the big company media talking badly about this quarterback class in. January and December and ultimately come April, they'll be flip-flopping around. This is a lot of talent, you know. After the combine, you really see these arms and this talent here. Ultimately, the talent's there. There's four guys that can go in the first round, in my opinion. And you have to get these guys when you can. And ultimately, if you're going to go that route and you're not going to look for a trade for a Garoppolo or, as you said, A.J. McCarron, who I loved, by the way, coming out. I remember me and you arguing about this a little bit back then. You're going to have to pick out the guy that's going to assess and ultimately fit your system and what it is you're trying to do. And the Chicago Bears system is one with which is very similar to what we're seeing in college, the shotgun, the the flanker screens, the bubble screen, the draw play, the zone read, the zone run. You know, it's not too far off from that. So the things that the, they're asking these quarterbacks that are coming out in this class to do, the Chicago Bears offense is not a difficult transition. No offense to Dowell Loggins, but it just yes, there is. <laughs> it isn't that complex to me and watching the tape of this football team. <laughs> so Lauren, I just feel as though when you get that pecking order, you got to decide, you know, I would think it would be a mistake for pace to wait on a decision in the direction of this football team. I think it'd be better off to be aggressive because, you know, Cleveland has that 12th pick as well as the first overall, because they have those two picks with the backup pick at the beginning of the first, second round, that if you're making a power play towards Garoppolo, then you better get out 
the gate and do it quickly because ultimately Cleveland has a lot more in their bank of picks than the Chicago Bears do. And for me, if that's not the way you're going, then you're focused in hardcore on the NFL draft and finding the right bridge quarterback to carry the time frame and, and help teach this young quarterback as you go. But I believe you throw the quarterback into the fray, just like Dak Prescott, just like Wentz. I mean, look at Wentz's numbers. I think our colleague over at Barroom did a great job. 14 touchdowns, how many interceptions. Uh, the media's treating him like a Greek god. But ultimately... I think any of these quarterbacks could put up those numbers and give you an opportunity to put this team in a, in a better place and a, and a better feeling about the future. I, I think you make a good point about the sort of the, the risk involved with rookies. And I, I think, you know, even though Garoppolo is 25 and Deshaun Watson is 21, I don't, I don't get so I don't get caught up in the age thing that much. I don't think that's a big deal. I think you just need to find the right quarterback no matter how old they are. But one thing that I think does get a little bit overlooked with the mm-hmm. risk that you're putting with a rookie compared to a Jimmy Garoppolo, it's not not only the draft pick investment for the trade, you know, whether it's a first round pick for Watson or a first round pick for Jimmy mm-hmm. Garoppolo, but Jimmy Garoppolo is scheduled to be a free agent next offseason, I believe, and that's something that you're going to have to pay up pretty quickly, and you're going to have to pay him top quarterback money. If you, I mean, if you're, you're investing in a who will then be 26-year-old quarterback, and you, you, you've already traded for him, you're already committed to him as your quarterback of the future, you're going to have to pay him Brock Osweiler money, and you're basically trading for him with the understanding that you're going to have to pay him that money because you're not going to trade the draft pick for him without giving him a new contract, and Compare that to a rookie where you get Deshaun Watson at three, for example, and you're paying him a rookie wage scale contract for four years. You don't have to invest the dollars. And not that the Bears are strapped for cash by any means, but it's it's a lot harder to recover from uh, Jimmy. Like, say you trade for Jimmy Grappolo and he's terrible, like Osweiler. It's harder to get out from under that contract and recover from that draft pick and money loss than it is to recover from picking quarterback at three that doesn't turn out to be the savior of the franchise. You can move on after a couple of years and not lose out on a whole bunch of cash. Certainly it hurts in either, either direction, but it's, it's much less of a, of a total loss when you're not giving up draft pick and money for Garoppolo compared to a guy like Deshaun Watson. That's mostly just draft pick and money kind of becomes negligible on that rookie contract. But at the same time, it, the money shouldn't be on the forefront of, of Ryan Pace's mind at all. It's absolutely get the best quarterback no matter what. There's no there's no other objective here. I mean, you talked about it, the importance of getting the right guy. You look at the quarterbacks in the Super Bowl right now. You look at Green Bay. I mean, I think the only clear thing is that the Bears have to get somebody who's going to wear the number 12 because that seems to be the, the common factor here among the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. So I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be able to be <laughs> that guy. But at the same time, you, you just have to identify – the top talent and you're going to have to base that off of mostly college tape from Jimmy Garoppolo. And if, if the saints, you know, when, when Ryan Pace was scouting them, I'd, you know, they didn't, they, they picked a few picks before the Patriots and they didn't, you know, they didn't take a quarterback and maybe they didn't want to take a quarterback there, but clearly they didn't have a a game changing grade on the guy. They didn't see a a huge need to go after and get him. And I just, I I struggle to feel like Ryan Pace is going to necessarily identify this guy as, as QB target number one. I think he's going to do his homework on him. But I, I don't know if we've seen enough in the NFL to change what Ryan Pace's college grade is going to have been on this kid. And I don't think there's much evidence to say his college grade was much higher than a second-round pick. And I don't think Pace is going to want to give up more than maybe a second-round pick. And ultimately, I feel like the Bears are going to be outbid in the, in the trade market for this and, and ultimately move on to 
but it's probably a rookie quarterback at three overall or maybe move back up at, with their second round pick into the first round to get another rookie quarterback. But it just seems to me like rookie quarterback is the most likely quarterback outcome. Do you, do you agree with that statement? Yeah, I mean, that's the way I would go with it. I believe that's the focus for the future. And I don't know if that's part of their plan to then, you know, go into next season with a rookie quarterback. You win six games, so to speak, Lauren. You know, three more than you did last year, back to where you started. Now, because it's a rookie, does it give John Fox that safety and security blanket? Well, you know, we got a rookie. We're kind of breaking him in. We only had two injuries this year. But, you know, so it might be, you know, I don't want to think that it's that. But ultimately, that's how they, this business works sometimes. It gives them kind of an ability to stretch this out when ultimately – when you don't have the right coach, it's time to move on. Hopefully they'll pull the trigger. And if they don't, aren't successful, you know, John Fox probably wants the veteran quarterback in there to help them win and turn this thing around. I I haven't spoken to the guy, so I really don't know. But I think the best move for this franchise is to get the young quarterback in. And when you look at these guys, you got the two Deshaun's in Deshaun Watson, and not far behind him in my grade is, you know, Kaiser. I think when you look at Deshaun Kaiser, here's a guy that's big, he's strong, he can run, he can make all his throws, and there's a lot to like about that kid's football game as well. So when I was talking about big media saying this wasn't a great draft class, I wonder how great this draft class would be if – more media-friendly teams were at the top of the draft needing quarterbacks. The hype surrounding this would be a lot different, in my opinion, Lauren, because when you look at the tape, I think Kaiser, Watson, uh, Mahomes, Trubisky, they offer things that you have seen from past play. Like, I rank Jared Goff versus these guys last out of all of them. So he went first overall. I agree. I didn't see that at all. I saw a string bean guy that moved around a little bit, really didn't make great decisions through interceptions, had some games that were just mind-boggling dumb, and he went first overall. And then you sit there and see the guy talk and how he handles himself, and you wonder how the hell did they pick this kid first overall? Because I know if I sat down with the this kid and and that's how he came off and in comparison to Wentz it wasn't close and then you look at Cleveland they how did they pass on Wentz how, what did they not see and like so how these guys they're not the greatest rocket scientists in the world let's be honest just because they get paid to do it you've seen a lot of guys that get paid to do it every week Matt Miller a uh, Todd McShay they don't know half the shit they're talking about either, Lauren, when you know they're getting paid to do this, when there's other people out there, draft people that have a tendency to bring this value to it from their own eye that are more trusted. So it's not an exact science. Throw every mathematical equation, every 40 time. I mean, they're breaking time down release time and delivery time. And where the body and the ball is when he's throwing it time. I look at Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, his feet 
all right, great all the time. Where, where's the ball go? Right into the guy's chest plate. <laughs> and it and it happens all the time. At what point do I say, okay, this kid just is a baller, and I know that if I teach him some things but keep him in the same kind of competitive, you know, com- competitive environment, then I'm going to get the end result that I want, and that's him making plays with his ginormous arm. And and it's it's really a functioning of where players land. So we talked about Aaron Rodgers, and people were crowning him the greatest of all time, and I would laugh. And then ultimately, you look at Aaron Rodgers and say the Bears passed on Cedric Benson and took Aaron Rodgers. Would he be the same football player that he is today if he came to Chicago? You know, coaching plays a huge part in these players' development. That's going back to the Garoppolo thing. So you, you ultimately have to find luck in landing in the right system with the right franchise and the right situation. And I think Chicago's in the right place to adopt a young franchise quarterback now. You're at number three. You're up there for a reason. As much as I love Solomon Thomas, Lauren, I think you gotta think quarterback there at number three. We do have our first caller on the line. Uh, caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? And, and what do you think the Bears should do at the quarterback position? Hi, Lauren. Hi, Phil. It's Chris Armstrong from Illinois. How you doing, Chris? Yeah, good, Phil. Good to talk to you guys. I I love this conversation so far, um, and I know you're going to get to it, but. But something I, I wish you two would address today, you know, we keep talking about getting that new kid in there, whether it's Garoppolo or Watson or whoever it is, but we're going to have a bridge quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. So who is that going to be? I know that on Twitter, AC and I were both like, Jesus, God, if it's Brian Hoyer, we're going to have to Hall and protest. <laughs> I saw him live. I went to the Colts game, and, you know, he was – you know, 300 yards and 13 points. Alshon Jeffrey was wide open that entire game, never looked at him. When I look at Brian Hoyer, I'm doing a lot of breakdown of the Bears quarterbacks that are on the roster, Hoyer and uh, Barkley and Cutler, who were on the roster last year for Bears Barroom. I'm going to, when the new site is up, I'm doing a series and breaking down Bears players quarterback will be the first position and when you look at brian hoyer you're right you know numbers stats scouts i call them love it love it because he's three first quarterback in bears history chris to throw for 300 yards in three straight weeks when you look closely at the he's yeah you look closely just like you said he's putting up 13 points you're getting in the red zone and you kind of you get destroyed because you can't think outside the numbers and when I say outside the numbers, not just the mathematical stats, I'm talking about the hashes, where right. the game is won. And Alshon Jeffrey, as you said, he's a huge target, a huge target in the red zone and throwing that deep ball. Hoyer is not accurate with the deep ball. It becomes a concern. And when you compare him to Matt Barkley, yes, Matt Barkley crumbled under the pressure through a lot of interceptions, but ultimately... There were games, especially the Green Bay Packer game, where he's getting down there and he's trying to deliver the football into the end zone. And ultimately, you hope 
what transpired for that young man. He takes, swallows his pride and works hard on his craft this offseason and comes back to the Bears. I think he offers a better option than Brian Hoyer does to me. I agree completely. I, I'd, I'd rather have Jay, but I, I think there's just there's the there's so much distaste for him in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I love him, but I, I, I think the regime is just going to say, you know, you know, you're done. Well, there's definitely, you know, how I feel about Jay Cutler. When you look at I Jay do, Cutler, you look at his tape. The guy does things maybe two quarterbacks I've ever seen be able to do, and. Ultimately, if you're not being supported, and we saw that with the Brian Hoyer's job to lose trademark with Ian Rappaport, Schefter, all these guys on Twitter attacking me, saying it never came out. Who's saying that? Well, they're saying that. The game is saying that. Jay's okay to play. I'm being told by players, but he's not playing. So ultimately, you realize that the fit with John Fox and company isn't there. Whether Ryan Pace is on board with that, we don't know. Obviously, he decided to keep John Fox, so he's on board with it. So I think right. the days of Jay Cutler big, are done. Isn't that the bigger question? Who's in charge, Pace or Fox? <laughs> that, but that's, a whole, that's a whole other hour. That's, that's a whole other show. Don't get me right. fired up already on this show, Super Bowl I, I Sunday. Know, right? yeah, sorry about that, Phil. Um, you know, the other question that comes from this, if – you know, if they're going to sign Hoyer and keep him as a bridge for a year or two, why even bother signing Elshon? What's the point? Well, here's the thing. If if they draft a quarterback and they secure themselves with a quote-unquote bridge quarterback, so basically OTAs, you sign this guy with the un- understanding that you're going to be the bridge quarterback, you're going to compete with a rookie, show him the ways, and ultimately – Behind closed doors during practices, this rookie showing maturity, leadership, toughness, everything you want, then you give him the job. You've seen it happen. Right. You saw Sam Bradford get traded out of Philly <laughs> and, and to Minnesota. It's happened a lot. It's There's no loyalty in football, trust me. So that's why the no, players are not. fighting. So I look at it as it's just a wink, wink, nod, nod. The guy can't complain because he's going to get his money and ultimately become a clipboard holder. But who's that guy you want in the locker room? I don't see any way they want Jay to stay. Yeah. I don't think Jay... Being said, Phil, what, what do you think the Bears can get for Jay? Do you think they can get a pick for him, or do you think they just cut him? I think they definitely can get a pick for him. Okay, I was going to say it depends maybe like Bradford, if somebody gets hurt. If they keep him late or they trade him early to the Cardinals or somebody for a, for a third-round pick or something? Well, it's funny you bring up the Cardinals because that's the spot that I know has high interest in the football player. Makes oh, sense yeah. because Bruce Arians was here wanting the job. He still talks about oh. it, even though he's in Don't Arizona. Don't even get me started on that. Don't even get me started on uh, Jesus. So I could see them giving up a fourth and a future pick or third high – Highest they'd go probably the third. The Bears are on the no. They don't have any poker hand here. They want to get rid of Jay. Almost like with Martellus and Brandon Marshall. Fans are up in arms because they're very talented football players. But ultimately, you recognize when Ryan Pace came in here that this was going to be a rebuild. They didn't say it. Kind of wishy-washy. 
situation with how they've handled these situations. And ultimately, you got to give away talent. You saw Matt Forte let go. You saw Brandon traded, Martellus Bennett. Now Jay Cutler, who's top-right talent, but ultimately comes with luggage because of the coach killer comments, players take right. shots at him. His personality is off. So, you know, I don't want to go into it, but there are players with autism and autistic terms. A guy's a type 1 diabetic. Right. That can affect the personality. It's not media savvy. He's not on social media. He's not a he's not a guy that's going to win a presser. <laughs> and ultimately that wins the day in the millennia age and I feel like that'll lower the the price down, but ultimately the fit in Arizona would be tremendous. Yeah, it's 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 too bad we got Pressman and not Arian to think of the difference <laughs> that could have made. Good god. But yeah, I, I think you- I think he'd be a good fit down there. I read that Carson Palmer's selling his house, so they may need a quarterback. Hey, you got to do it. You got to do it. The chapter, the page is turning, and the and the Bears have to find the right guy, and, and this is it. This is it for Fox. This is it for Pace. You know, you miss here. I don't know how you could sell that you need to, to move forward with this franchise, that one that – as it's well documented, Lauren Cox again did a great job. You know, six and ten to three and thirteen mm-hmm. injuries yeah. were used as an excuse, and, and ultimately now this is it. We're at the cusp of something, and then this, the NFLPA now taking shots at the Bears and causing drama. Oh. It's this franchise can't get out of the the shadows of what it was. It needs to become who it is today. They can't and, get to their own way. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They can't. Well, well, hey, it's been good talking to you guys. I'm going to let somebody else jump in here. I don't want to monopolize the whole thing. Um, bear down, guys. Thanks, Chris. Well, thanks for calling in, Chris. Bear down to you. Lauren, what do you think on the bridge quarterback? I mean, Are you on board with me more leaning towards giving that role to Matt Barkley. If my choices are, are Matt Barkley and Brian Hoyer, I would definitely give it to Matt Barkley. But I think you know, and we talked about it a little bit on a previous show, who my number one choice in that department would be, and that's Buffalo Bills quarterback Tyrod Taylor, assuming he's going to become available. It's kind of like the Jay Cutler situation where you're not sure if they're going to cut him, not sure if they're going to trade him. Or, and maybe it's more likely that they keep him too compared to Jay where it seems like it's an inevitability that he's gone. But and I've talked before about how Tyrod Taylor is my ideal bridge quarterback, and I I love the way he takes care of the ball, and but he can still throw the ball downfield, and obviously his legs are, are, are a game-changing talent. Uh, speaking of game-changing talent, we have the uh, impeccable Shane Marsaw calling into the show now. Shane, uh, what, what's your brilliant quarterback take? <laughs> Smartest guy in the room. You got to bring Jay Cutler back. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> no, you know, I, I heard Chris call in. And, you know, I think what gets overlooked, guys, in this whole situation with the quote-unquote bridge quarterback, it doesn't matter so much who's going to give us the production on field in terms of the bridge quarterback. It's going to be the guy that's going to work best with the next guy 
you know, whoever we take at number three or whoever we trade for, it's going to be whoever's best for a Deshaun Watson or Deshaun Kaiser in the locker room. And I think that's where it brings Brian Hoyer into play, even though people may not love his production on field. I don't think that really matters so much. I think it matters what he's going to do off the field with, with the young pup. Don't you guys think that? That matters a lot more than what he's going to do on the field. I think you make a great point. It could be argued in a you know an arm wrestling match between Pace and Fox. What's more important? But like I said to her, it's one of those wink wink things. If you're going to get a free agent, but draft a guy, you know, do you think free agency is going to set the impetus of the quarterback position? Well, it all depends. I mean, if you're talking a, a straight up free agent, I mean, are you you're talking about a guy like Mike Glennon? I hope that's not a, a route that <laughs> Pace decides to go. I mean, that's you know myself, but it's really going to come down to like you guys said. I think the first domino, if there is interest in Garoppolo, that's going to be the first domino. I think if you know, he gets traded to Cleveland or to San Francisco. I'm in complete agreement with you guys that number three has to be a quarterback. I don't, I don't care if you say you want to build up your defensive line or you want to, you want to draft this uh, playmaking safety at number three. None of that matters if we don't have the guy to build on a quarterback. I mean, you guys all know this, and most of the fans know that you got to have a quarterback. Just look at the look at the big game that's being played tonight, guys. You know, it's two guys that uh, <laughs> neither one of these teams would be anywhere without them. But um, oh, Exactly. I said that and agree with you wholeheartedly. I, but, Shane, do yeah, you think I, it's right out the gate trade for Garoppolo, or is that something you wait for draft day? Because Lauren was kind I of – No, I don't think it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be myself. I don't think it's going to be anything that, that happens until draft day. I think these conversations are going to ramp up at the combine like they always do. I mean, if you refer back to Phil Emery, when he talked, you know, about acquiring Brandon Marshall, they pretty much agreed to everything in principle and all the groundwork was laid out at the combine. And I mean, we, we know how this works. It's not supposed to happen, but everybody knows that these guys talk. I mean, who's to say that there wasn't some some talk back when these guys had their their dual practices back in back in the summer? You never know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's obviously there's obviously the collegiate connection there with Pace and and Garoppolo, and I, I don't think you can discount any of it. But we've said this at, at you know all of us to a man that the, the off season it's going to begin and it's going to end with quarterback. Is, is there, is there any, uh, I mean, what do you guys feel about Connor Shaw? I mean, I, that's sort of the, the pipe dream from the preseason tape, but it, you know, is, is, is he a bridge quarterback? I mean, if, would you feel comfortable with, you know, Watson and, and Shaw as, as sort of your one and two and, you know, look elsewhere for investing in the, I mean, you want a veteran in there, I suppose, to, to help mentor him a little more than, than Shaw would be able to. But do you, do you look at, at Shaw at all as a, as a potential 
week one starting quarterback, even if you get a rookie in there, or do you kind of feel like Shaw is is really only a developmental guy at best? And if you if you have a rookie, then the rookie certainly gets priority on that development over a guy like Shaw. I uh, will never count Connor Shaw out. I saw video put up. I believe he put it up as agent of him working out and uh, just that desire to be something special i believe is in that young man and it's funny that you brought it up and i'm glad you did because i feel like he's a real wild card for the bears because of what and how his injury transpired you know never disregard the measure of a man's heart and i believe we saw a glimmer i remember shane texting me literally telling me that it ha- the injury happened because I didn't even know it. He's like, oh, he's done. And I was like, what? You're joking. Well, as soon as we see a glimmer in the guy, gone. Typical bear feeling in that, as Shane was putting it at the time. And, and, and I just feel as though that guy is a real wild card. I feel like he's motivated to be successful. You look at Tom Brady real quick when he's – his tape and footage through the combine, who he was, and now look at him. That guy's motivated by one person only. That's himself to be the best. And I feel like you don't count those guys out. You get that guy re-signed and give him an opportunity in camp to to be successful and, and be a part of this quarterback room. That's my opinion on Connor Shaw. I, obviously, he's not healthy yet so he's not a foundational piece of the puzzle going forward but he is a piece of the puzzle going forward in my book you know i think i think the blueprint is kind of out there i mean we're not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and say with connor shaw you know you bring him in and you know he's gonna be the man moving forward we all know if the bears invest in a guy at number three he's gonna be the primary focus and he's gonna you know He's going to be looked to be the guy to lead the Chicago Bears for the next 10 to 12, if not more years. But at the same time, you look at the blueprint with Seattle. You know, they drafted Russell Wilson in the third round. But you can't have too many of these guys. You can't have too Mm -hmm. many of these quarterbacks. You look at a guy like Connor Shaw, you absolutely bring him back. You know, if they're going to have a bridge guy like Brian Hoyer or – you know, if they give him that label, you do the same thing. You put all of these guys out there and you let, you know, <laughs> may the best man win. How how many times have we said on the show, guys, you know, competition breeds success. It's only going to make each one of these guys better. Con- Connor Shaw, yeah, 100%, you know, has to be a part of that moving forward in my book. I, I struggle with, you know, trying to put too much stock. I mean, I think with him, he's kind of just – the, the 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 frosting <laughs> on top you know what i mean he's the he's the, he's the the added bonus if something comes up from him then great like that's that's fantastic but i think it's it's yeah. not worth expecting and i'm not saying you guys are doing this at all but i'm saying for fans exactly that, that you don't want to expect anything great from him but if something happens and and he is forced to play in the game you could kind of get the the matt barkley surprise of holy crap we have a a young, talented quarterback in our hands, and, and you can never really have too many of those. But at the same time, you don't want to rely on him really in any fashion because there's been such a—I mean, even more limited than than 
Jimmy Garoppolo or any anybody else. I mean, you just can't you can't base anything off of his future, you know, just on the, the little bit that we've seen from him. Uh, do we want to get just briefly, Phil? I think we should touch on uh, Mike Glennon. I know we we joked about it a little bit, but Phil specifically. Why? Why is Mike Glennon such a terrible? I mean, Phil, you look at his stats. Phil, he's got good stats, but what? What is it that that Mike Glennon does? I mean, I mean, just Phil, give me your scouting report on Mike Glennon and, and explain to people why it's moronic that he's even in this conversation. He's got a great neck, Phil. Nice neck. <laughs> I was, I was gonna lead with the neck, <laughs> but since uh, Shane beat me by a neck, there I will. Talk about, you know, this guy's a pocket passer. I feel like he's a downfield guy. I, I, I don't like his ability to move in the pocket and and make throws. In, in Chicago, we see that you're gonna have to be able to move a little bit because of the issues that we have at tackle. You know, people say they're adequate, they're okay. Well, adequate, okay, when it comes to offensive line play, isn't good. So ultimately, you need an athlete back there, all of which I believe even Brian Hoyer showed and Barkley showed the ability to move a little bit in the pocket. But he's got a big arm. He's got a long delivery. These types of things, for me, I look at this quarterback and he forces balls into tight places Things that he can't overcome with athleticism aren't there for me, and that's why I would pass on this football player. I just don't think he offers a lot, but only thing I really see in him is a big arm. Now, again, he has NFL experience. That could go a long way, but it's in Tampa, and ultimately I'm just not a Mike Glennon guy. I never was and never liked him coming out and uh, – I would pass on him as far as being your quarterback of the future with the Bears. I think that's a worst-case scenario. Let's not forget one more thing. He's an unrestricted free agent, so he's also coming with a big contract. He's not. He's not going to come here for for backup money. Mike Glennon's going to get you, you really overpaid think that, in a big way by somebody in the NFL. You really think that Mike Glennon's going to get Chicago. big time money? I mean, it's it's Mike Glennon. We're talking. I mean, is somebody actually gonna? Pay. I mean, he. I don't have his numbers in front of me at this very moment, but he hasn't played like significant <laughs> amount of staff. I mean, the no New one, York Jets. Is, are they going to pay him Ryan Fitzpatrick money? That what was it, fourteen million dollars a year that he got? Try to pull up Mike Glennon's stats right now. Um, he, I mean, in the yeah. last couple of years, You're he started paying? five games and he's sure. t- eleven interceptions or eleven touchdowns to six interceptions. 12. Sure, but yikes! You're not. Are you investing in that? Are you going to invest in Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> you know what I mean? Neither one. I mean, Matt Barkley's got more playing experience than Jimmy Garoppolo does. I'm not trying to compare the players, but I'm just saying you're paying for an unknown either way. And the known that I've seen with, with uh, Glennon, I'm not a fan of. But, yeah, I, I absolutely expect him to get, to get paid. Not, I don't think he's going to get Osweiler money or anything like that, but I think he's going to get a he's going to get a big increase in pay. It's I hundred and ten percent expect that. It's it's a scary proposition, I think, and 
it's it's hard to you feel bad for the fans of any team that's going to end up with Mike Glennon's giraffe neck yeah. and, and running that franchise. But we are starting to get a little bit low on our time here, Shane. So I'm I'm going to let you go, and we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the show. But thanks Don't again, as always, for calling in. Yep. Talk to you later, fellas. All right, Shano. Yeah, Lauren. You look at Mike Glennon. We didn't get to touch on Kirk Cousins and AJ McCarron. You know, Cousins is definitely going to come in with a huge contract. You know, if he gets out of Washington, he's played himself, played his way into a big-time deal after carrying the franchise tag. You know, I don't think he's going to hit unrestricted free agency. If he does, I think you definitely have to talk about this football player if you're Ryan Pace. Yeah, I I think Kirk Cousins has to be in the conversation. But I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of him. He's a guy that's kind of been so up and down in his career. You're not really sure what level of consistency you're going to be able to get from Kirk Cousins. And I feel like I would much rather take my chances with a rookie that I feel like I can mold. I can you know develop the habits for him rather than take a guy like Kirk Cousins who, you know, he he already is kind of set in his ways. You know, you know, you're not you're not going to mold Kirk Cousins in anything new. You're not going to get a new quarterback. You're not going to you're not necessarily even going to improve a lot of the things that he does wrong or, or you know, maximize his strengths anymore. He's kind of – he is what he is at this point. He's a guy that can put together some really impressive, you know, 400-yard games with four touchdowns, and he can also go out there and throw a lot of those interceptions and just throw some balls in the dirt, and you're just wondering what the heck my quarterback is doing. And I'm, I'm not willing to invest, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, $20 million a year just because he's a young quarterback that, that has won football games. I just – I would much rather invest in a rookie or even a Jimmy Garoppolo than a guy like Kirk Cousins, but I I don't necessarily believe that he's going to hit the open market. And it sounds like if he did, that the the San Francisco 49ers would be the first one at his door throwing all the money they have in his direction. So I can't imagine there's going to be much of a competition for him. And I, I have a feeling if we started to get much into A.J. McCarron, we would quickly run out of time. I know you're a bigger fan of him than I am, and... I think we could have a nice little debate about uh, what he can do for a, f- a franchise. Cause I don't know. I, I don't necessarily feel like <laughs> he's a guy that can throw my team to victory down the stretch when I need them. And I, and I have a feeling you might disagree, but I don't. I don't want to necessarily get into that now because we've got less than a couple minutes left on our on our show timer here. So maybe on that note, we'll just have to wrap it up. I want to thank everyone for listening. the uh, The podcast version of the show will be available on uh, BearsHourLive.podbean.com, and we also have. We, we had to kind of redo the background of our iTunes, so definitely uh, we're back on iTunes. We just have to – you just have to resubscribe if you were a subscriber previously because we, uh, we changed up a little bit of our RSS stuff and some of the technical things in the background. It's boring podcast stuff, but long story short, it's, it's a new iTunes link. I'll tweet it out after the show if you want to subscribe. And certainly if, if you, if you don't, weren't able to catch this one live and you're listening to it, definitely go on and subscribe. You know, we'll, we'll have it edited up and cleaned up a little bit. I know there's a little bit of delay between Phil and I, you can tell a lot more when you're listening and it's, it does make it a little bit difficult sometimes too in, in the conversation, but you know, we, we powered through it and uh, we got a lot of good quarterback talk out there. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, the, the debates are about him. I think like we talked about is going to go all the way down to draft day. And it's not going to be, if you're the Patriots, there's no advantage in, in making that trade right away. You got to draw out the value of him and, and, I think this is going to be sort of the conversation of all offseason, especially when the Bears get through free agency with presumably Brian Hoyer as their the number one quarterback on their depth chart going right. into draft day. 
I, th- that conversation is going to be a long one, and I think this is only the beginning of it. So certainly, I don't think this is the last time we've talked about Jimmy Garoppolo on this show, but I think we did a good job of, of laying it out there and kind of saying the pros and cons of, of his value compared to the, the rookies coming up in the draft, and I think that conversation will only continue as we get closer and closer. So for Phil Atoshin, this is Lauren Cox, and I want to thank everyone for listening to this edition of Bears Hour Live. Bears Hour Live.